thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. And welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey, and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working at 24-7. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about a subject that I'm sure every single person uh, listening to this episode right now is going to be able to relate to in more ways than one. And that, of course, is fatigue. And to talk more about this topic, I've brought on to today's show John Toomey, who is based down in Melbourne in Victoria uh, and just so happens to be affectionately known as the Fatigue Professor. So I think he's going to be beyond qualified to be talking about this subject um, with us today. Now, John originally grew up in Queensland on a cattle station out near Roma, uh, living on a dairy farm until his dad changed careers to run a country pub before moving to the big smoke of Melbourne um, when his dad decided to run a pub in the heart of Melbourne. His education and career path has taken him down many paths, including completing a physical education degree. Um, way back in 1981, I'm probably going to get into trouble for saying that, um, to working for seven AFL teams as either their conditioning coach and or nutritionist to partially completing a master's degree, writing many books and e-books, hundreds of articles, lectured in universities to presenting over 2,000 seminars in workplaces around Australia and the world. To say that I'm a teeny bit excited to be chatting with Don, John today is definitely um, an understatement. So to talk more about fatigue, uh, both in the workplace and out, I'd like to give a warm and friendly Healthy Shift Worker welcome to John. Good afternoon. Hey, Audrey. How are you going? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so very it's much a, for joining daunting me. daunting listening to all that. <laughs> Who's that guy, you know? <laughs> Have I has have I made you tired now? Have I listening to it all rambling on? <laughs> it's re- it's really it's one of the funny things about being a speaker. You know, it's like um, you you almost feel uncomfortable people telling your story and telling you all about your achievements. But if you don't, then you may not have credibility to the audience. So it's one of those really interesting catch twenty twos. Yeah, it's getting that right, um, I guess, balance, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. But, look, there is, you know, and as I alluded to before, uh, even I think before we went to air, um, you have been around doing this for quite a while. So, of course, yeah. the intro is going to be a little longer <laughs> than, yeah. than 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 many, but, but I mean that in the nicest possible way, of course. Um, yes. <laughs> but when we... Well, I do apologise to your New South Wales listeners because it's always tough having a Queenslander who lives in Victoria telling them how to live their lives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hopefully they won't tune out <laughs> as a result. <laughs> yeah. But, look, we actually haven't even met in person before, um, John. We've, um, you know, just met through a bit of an association um, from a lady by the name of Janet Parker who is the CEO of Zazen Alkaline Water. Um, and, yeah, yeah and I, um, I met her at a couple of wellness summits uh, and heard about her story, uh, particularly obviously water being, you know, have to do with fatigue. And I just thought I really, really want to get her on my podcast one day because obviously, 
my audience, given the sleep is a big part of it, but there's other elements to fatigue, which I'm sure you're going to share about shortly. But that hydration thing is definitely an element um, of fatigue. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to your insights on it. But before we get into the nitty gritty um, details, um, John, would you mind just sort of sharing a little bit about your story? I gave listeners a little bit of an insight, but what really set you on the path to kind of becoming what, yeah, you affectionately known as like the fatigue? professor well uh, i mean it's it's a it's really interesting actually um because i've always just had a a real passion for health and well-being and fitness and you know coming out of a phys ed degree the last thing i wanted to do is be a school teacher you know standing up at one end of the field while a line of students throw a javelin you know um <laughs> and uh, hopefully not at each other yeah. but <laughs> And, you know, I was working in health clubs and I started working in footy and I could really see that there's, uh, there was a lot wrong about the way footballers were being trained because they were basically being trained by fitness fanatics who didn't really understand conditioning. And so there was an enormous amount of overtraining. And so myself and a few other colleagues, we sort of got in there and we started to move things and change things. And, and it wasn't until, I think... Well, it was 1984. I was working as gym manager at the Melbourne City Baths. And uh, there was a gentleman who was a member there. He was the head of bylaws for the Melbourne City Council, probably the most hated man in Melbourne, really. <laughs> and because uh, he's the one who looks after all the parking tickets, you know. Mm. And um, anyway, he disappeared for a while. I hadn't seen him for a bit. And he came in one day, and of course, my instant. Uh, response was to tease him, you know, where have you been, what have you been doing? And he said, no, I've been really crock, I've had kidney stones. And, of course, I'm a very curious person. I said, oh, so what happened? How did they treat it? Did you have to have surgery? And he said, no, they gave me medication that broke them down and I just had to drink tons and tons of water to get lots of water flowing through my system so that they could eventually dissolve and I'd pass them out through my urine. And I thought, isn't that intriguing? Mm. That makes a lot of sense. I thought, hmm, I could probably drink more water. Yeah, that would keep my body nice and that would help keep my kidneys healthy. So I started drinking lots of water. And the thing I noticed almost immediately was my energy levels went through the roof. And I thought, that's interesting. Why is that? So I went back to my physiology texts and I got on the phone to my physiology lecturers and we talked about it. And we realized it came down to blood volume. The more hydrated you are, the more you're likely to optimize your blood volume. When you're dehydrated, your blood volume drops and your blood viscosity changes and the blood thickens and that affects the efficiency of your circulation. Mm. And so we realized that when we're dehydrated and the blood's a little thicker than it should be and the blood volume's down, if you're in a fairly stationary posture, well, then blood flow to your brain might be compromised and then the brain's not getting enough oxygen or glucose. And so the first reflex is the brain trying to enrich oxygen supply. So that's what triggers the yawning. Right. Okay. Yep. See, so when people yawn three hours after they've woken up, you know, in the morning or after their, their shift workers' night, which might have been sleeping during the day, it's not because they're tired. It's because they're dehydrated. 
when people do have the stimulant, oftentimes they feel better, but it's not the stimulant that did it. It was the walking that they did to go to get the stimulant and that pushed their blood pressure back up again. So they've really? got a bit of blood back up into their into their uh, head, you know. Yeah. And they feel okay again for a little while, but then eventually the symptoms come back, and you see, the brain is then going to go for a a, a backup sort of uh, reflex response, and that's got two parts to it. One is to slow down the metabolic rate to reduce heat production, which then slows down water loss. And the second part of it is to get the body horizontal so the blood will flow more easily to the brain. So that backup reflex is sleepiness. So, you know, people who fall asleep at the wheel of motor vehicles, most often it's just because they're dehydrated. And um, so we figured out, as I said a bit earlier, that the optimum water intake for a human being is about a litre of water for every 25 kilograms of body weight. And per day on a cool day and the guideline for hot days is that you need to have a big urination every two hours and it should be water colored mm-hmm. so if your urine's yellow you're in trouble you know and i always say to people as soon as you wake up after your long sleep period drink 25 percent of your daily water requirement because then by the time you've showered and, and gotten dressed your body will be properly hydrated and your energy levels will be up. And, uh, you know, I, 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 we discovered this and, and we did our research and, and got to those figures by about 1985 and I've been delivering that lecture since then. So 33 years I've been talking to rooms full of people about hydrating themselves and um, I'm waiting for a room pull, full of people to say to me, yeah, 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 we know that, but nobody does. Mm. And it's amazing. I'll go into a construction site, deliver that seminar. They'll look at me. Their eyes are like poached eggs. They can't believe it because it makes sense. <laughs> and three days later, a manager rings me up and he says, the people around here, they're all on drugs. They've got so much energy there. And they're raving about how good they feel just because they're hydrated. Yeah, wow. That's um yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating. I mean, obviously sleep, excuse me. <coughs> sleep deprivation and disruption with what our shift workers do is playing a uh, a part Pretty of bad. that fatigue for sure, but that's yeah, that's just so um such an interesting take um take on it. We the thing is um I think most of us kind of overestimate these sort of common sense things, but the thing is common sense does not mean it's common practice. So when you're coming in there kind of stating um, and I guess putting the real why behind things as well, like we can, yeah, we know we've got to drink more water, you know, blah, 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 but you are Mm. really going into explaining exactly why. So that really helps people to put – two and two together but fascinating that the results um that you've had is is so quick just it's extraordinary yeah and you know the amazing thing is that you know related to sleep as you know for your body to drop into deep REM sleep your body temperature your core temperature needs to be able to drop a full degree Mm. if you're dehydrated it won't be able to do that Oh, really? Gee, I wasn't aware of that. Okay, yeah, yeah. it makes sense. So that's yeah. so dehydration is also affecting sleep quality. 
Yeah, but then it gets a bit tricky for those people that are a bit reluctant to drink too much before bed, thinking that, you know, I have to get up and go. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? But it's like, here's, here's a little wake-up call on that. Like, Pardon you know, the pun. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pardon the pun. I mean, I mean, here's something a little bit embarrassing, right? I was one of nine kids and seven of us were bedwetters, big-time bedwetters. Mm. You know, my poor mum was four foot 11 tall. And she used to have to wash, um, you know, 14 sheets every day. Gee <laughs> whiz. She, yeah. she had a big life, you know. She, um, but she was such a trooper. But anyway, my son was a bedwetter as well. And I cured my bedwetting using the bell mattress, which was a horrible, traumatic part of my childhood, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and for your listeners who don't know what a bell mattress yeah. is, that you, you actually have to lay a sheet of masonite over the top of your mattress to make your bed really hard and there's rubber mat that goes on your bed that's got all these brass strips and as soon as you start to wet the urine closes the circuit between two brass strips and this alarm goes off that would wake a bear up in winter <laughs> and a really bright light goes on you know, oh and, and it shocks you out of the sleep and so it's a bit of Pavlov's dog you know training you not to not to uh, wee while you're asleep but Anyway, um, my son was a bedwetter as well, and when he was nine, I got him the bell mattress, and he was such a deep sleeper, it wasn't waking him up, and I used to have to go in and wake him up, and eventually he stopped wetting, but he started wetting again, and I answered another ad in the paper from this man who said, uh, you know, if your kid's a bedwetter, we can fix it. And so I went and sat down with this guy, and he said, so how much water do you let your son drink after six o'clock at night? And I said, well, a sip if he's thirsty, but that's it. And he said, that's a problem. He said, I want your son to drink two litres of water after 6 p.m. at night. I said, I beg your pardon? And he said, he's got a lazy, weak bladder. We need to strengthen it. And he said, I promise you, he'll flood the bed for a few nights and they'll stop wetting the bed. And so we did this, drinking heaps of water before he went to bed. And the first couple of nights he flooded the bed. And after five nights... He never went the bed again. Wow. So that, the message is yeah. that people who are drinking water and hydrating and it's causing them to get up to go to the toilet, that will settle down and it will stop. Right. Okay. So it's just their body getting used to having that mm-hmm. extra fluid, but the body yeah. is also using it up as well at the same time So because they're yeah. dehydrated, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, you know, for everybody, I mean, when you're dehydrated, you've got a lot of antidiuretic hormone in your system, you know. So when you start drinking lots of water, your body doesn't know what to do with it, so you end up running to the toilet a lot. But if you hang in there, the body eventually balances all that out. Yep. And that that regular urination stops. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Fascinating, fascinating, brilliant tip though, and definitely, yeah, worth giving a go. Um, there, that's for sure. I guess if we could maybe just take a few steps back um, a yep. bit as well, John, and really, I guess, look at defining exactly what is fatigue, because obviously, besides the obvious, you know, one as I mentioned before, you know, when we're um, we sleep, we do experience fatigue, and, and we know fatigue is simply feeling exhausted. But what's actually happening to our body, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, all that kind of stuff, uh, biochemically, um, yeah. when we are experiencing fatigue, what's going on? 
Well, yeah. I mean, the body's screaming out for some time to recuperate. Mm. You know, now, for example, when I was training a lot, and even these days if I've taken a lot of training, I'll, I'll hit this fatigue where my body just needs some time to recuperate. So I've got to give it that time to recuperate. And, of course, when our fitness levels drop down, well, any given activity will create more fatigue. But so all of the metabolic processes that are going on in the body, if you think about it, all the byproducts, the waste products that are being generated, when we slow down and sleep and let our bodies rest and be still, that's when the body gets an opportunity to process all of that and clear it out and get rid of the acid buildup in the system. And, you know, that's where Janet's alkaline water is really helpful, mm. you know. But if we're not giving our body that opportunity to rest, those things go unhandled and they build up in the body. And you know, we get a lot, a lot of metabolites in muscle tissue and we get a lot of sort of uh, acidic residues in the bloodstream and in the lymphatic system. And all of that eventually just drags the body down and it becomes like a car that's out of tune. And the response to that is often we start feeling hungrier, we start overeating, we start looking for more stimulus. And, you know, the other thing is that's really crucial is our nervous system Mm. is functioning and working all the time. That sodium-potassium pump is working all the time, and it needs time to rest. And you see, a really interesting thing is, and this will shed a bit of light on it, if you and I went out and found a hill and did some running where we were sprinting up the hill and walking back down, sprinting up and walking back down, and after that training session we took a few days off, before we trained again, consider the level of fatigue there, right? Mm. Then if we did an opposite session where we walked up the hill and ran down the hill, walked up and ran down the hill, the fatigue we would experience from the running down the hill would be much, much more than the running up the hill. And the reason for that is because of the extreme load on the nervous system trying to decelerate the body while we're running down the hill. Incredible neural overload. And what happens to a lot of people when they get neural overload, they get so tired because the nervous system takes so much longer to recover. Interesting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. wow. Because I've always referred to the fact again with our audience being sleep deprived is that their bodies are biologically stressed and that's Mm -hmm. even before they set foot into a stressful workplace because they're doing everything back to front upside down and all over the place um but i never yeah sort of looked at it from a from that sort of point of view from an exerciser i I remember also though talking to a a chiropractor obviously they're very nervous system orientated um we were talking a little bit about movement too and he but he also said that you know this makes sense as well too but not exercising is a form of stress as well yeah yeah which makes which makes us more tired yeah you bet so true yeah because your body does need that ability to just get out and move Mm. and and creates flow and movement gets the lymphatic system going and helps the body flush out all those things, you know, and and not exercising is, yeah, absolutely. 
Mm. It is an incredible form of fatigue. And, you know, and oftentimes when we do something that's different to what we've been used to be doing, yep. that creates fatigue in the nervous system. Mm. And we end up feeling really, really tired. Like, for example, we might, um, <clears throat> you know, we might have a particular job that we do and we're really used to doing it. And then one weekend we go and help out at a fate. And the job that we're asked to do at the fate is something that we have never done before. And we're working away, putting in all our effort. And then we find out after it's all over, for about three days, we feel really tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's just Shattered. because your nervous system's had to do something that it, that it hasn't had to do before. It's quite amazing. Yeah, right. Interesting. But, yeah. But there's another area of fatigue, which is one that just, I'm excited by it. It blows my mind, and and it's such an amazing one. And if if your listeners were to sort of put their fist up in front of their um, body and put their palm of their hand over their fist, right, and then you push your fist into the palm of your hand, it moves one way. Then you push with the palm of your hand into the fist, and it moves the other way. But if you push them both with equal force, you end up with this standing force and no movement, right? Mm -hmm. And if I asked you to keep holding that and just gently keeping increasing the force for a few hours, how would you feel? I've been doing it as you're talking (laughs) and I'm thinking that my, yeah, hand and arms are going to get tired and, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Your whole body will be tired eventually. We'll see this. This is the amazing, crazy things that human beings do, right? We think, hmm, I'd like a job. What would I like to do? Hmm, I'd like to earn something that pays me good money. Oh, look at that job working in that um, processing plant. That looks like an interesting job. Oh, and there's night shift and there's loadings. Oh, that's good money. Yeah, I think I'd like to do that. It's not far from home. Yeah, I'm going to apply. So we apply and we dress up our resume and we do whatever we need to do to get that job and we tell a few lies at the interview. (laughs) We make sure we get that job, right? We've done everything we can to get that job. Yeah, yeah. And we turn up on the first day and it's exciting because it's new and we're meeting new people Mm. and it's all really good and, you know, weeks go by and it's all good. And then we hit that point where we go to work one day and we go, "Eh, I'd rather be out playing golf. (laughs) And so what we're doing is we're where we've decided to be but we're wishing we were somewhere else. So in our mind... We've got our fist next to our hand and we're pushing against ourselves. Hmm. And we're creating, and what we're doing is we're creating resistance. So we're at work, but we're resisting being at work. And that is probably one of the most significant creators of fatigue that I know of. Wow. I think most people would be able to resonate with that. John, because yeah, once the honeymoon over, honeymoon period's over of any new job, it's like yeah, okay, it becomes this repetitive day in, day out, day in, day out. Yeah, yeah. wishing that you would be on the golf course, or I don't know, I'd probably be wishing I was on some exotic island somewhere, <laughs> not necessarily a golf course. Yeah, but, exactly. But yeah, isn't that amazing? Mm. And it's like, uh, and I know of a, a, one of my old mentors is a physiologist and a, an amazing conditioning coach. He took over the youth development program at Melbourne Storm. And he realized there's this problem with 
rugby young rugby players turning up to training and going through the run of the mill yeah. same stuff all the time, right? And he wanted to get more quality out of their training. He wanted to help them to become better people. So he put something new into the training program, and here's how it went. Let's say, for example, the players at a particular training session had to do 20 100-metre sprints. Well, before they went out into the track, they all had to sit down and write a note and give it to him and say to him how this particular training session today was going to make them a better human being. So they had to really contemplate the amount of effort they were going to put in and what the outcome was going to be. Mm. And they wrote that and they would hand it to him. And he said the training sessions were always amazing. The quality was incredible. And the young guys would come back and they'd talk to him about how they felt they went and where they felt they dropped their intention a little bit or whatever. And um, anyway, the end result of that is that in uh, – 2017, 76% of Melbourne Storm's playing list had come from their youth development program, whereas the average across the NRL is 5%. Yeah, wow. So it was kind of really making them focus. Was that? Yeah. Yeah, the main. And so, yeah. and so my thing is, like, for somebody who's working shift, like somebody who's a flight attendant, for example, mm. is when you turn up at work, what is my intention tonight? for this flight what am i going to do how can i improve people's lives tonight mm. rather than oh well, we're going to go to sydney you know <laughs> <laughs> and stay overnight in sydney which is worse <laughs> sorry exactly. no offense to our sydney listeners <laughs> yeah no so i think somebody said that it's the greatest thing about sydney is the road out of there but i didn't say that somebody else said that to me <laughs> great to visit great to visit yeah <laughs> great to visit, yeah. but um yeah but i think that's a really cool thing about when you turn up at work mm. for every shift that you do take a moment what's my intention here today mm. how can i make a difference because everybody can make a difference mm. Even if you're packing pallets of tins of paint for Dulux, you know. Totally. It's your mindset and how you approach things. And, yeah, I absolutely love that, John. And, um, yeah, it, it, it just makes so much sense too because you know I think we can all relate when we have been in a workplace and just surrounded by, you know, one person that just might be just, miserable and complaining and woe is me and just whinging, whinging. Mm. It just it just sucks the living daylight out of you like for energy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we can so help those people by grabbing them saying, hang on a minute, you're here now. Mm. What can you do that's going to make the world a better place? Mm. And for them too, like, yeah, as you said, to kind of make you a kind of better person. And, um, you know, I guess it mm. also has to do with that shifting to more of a gratitude perspective as well well yeah well i mean i know one of the one young rugby players what he said was that for the next hour and a half i'm going to take all of the pain from a lady i know who's going through chemotherapy at the moment so i'm going to take on all her pain for the next 90 minutes gee you know mm. i was like wow mm. that's very buddhist you know mm. but um but, you know, so for him, 
experiencing the physical agony of the intensity of that training session lifted his own spirits because he felt like he was taking her pain away from her for a while. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fascinating. So I guess um, from another perspective as well that you did talk, you know, we've sort of touched on the, the, the hydration kind of perspective and I know that you have a nutritional background, that's for sure. So mm. how... Um, from a nutritional perspective, how? what are your thoughts on improving your fatigue from that perspective? Okay, so, I mean, this is a real, really cool area. Um, you know, there is a, when I was at the Global Wellness Summit in 2015, Deepak Chopra uh, got on stage and outlined a, a new paradigm for human well-being. And it's a three-part paradigm made up of the human genome, the microbiome and the epigenome. Mm. Now, the genome is all of the genetic material that makes up who you are. Now, in your body, there's about 100 trillion cells. That's made up of all those cells that make up the human genome, and the rest of the cells are bacteria. And the bacteria layer is the microbiome. Now, what a lot of people don't know is that the bacterial cells outnumber human cells by 10 to 1. Mm. So your whole external surface of your body is covered in aerobic bacteria, which is friendly bacteria. And if you follow the skin on your cheek, you'll notice it goes around the corner inside your mouth because your gastrointestinal tract is actually part of the external surface of your body. It's the pipe that runs through the middle. And when you get below the stomach, it is teeming with trillions of aerobic bacteria. Your lung cavity is teeming with aerobic bacteria. It's all part of the external surface of your body as well. And you see this microbiome, which is all the, which is all the, micro, the, the bacteria, what they've discovered is that when the microbiome is absolutely optimizing and flourished, flourishing to its peak potential, the genome cannot get sick and the human physiology and biochemistry functions to its optimum. But we've spent the last hundred years abusing the microbiome because we didn't understand it. So the trick is now to put attention on keeping our microbiome really healthy. So the things that destroy the microbiome is overconsumption of refined carbohydrates, too much alcohol, um, too much uh, you know chlorine in our drinking water, taking antibiotics when we don't really need to take them. But the things that help the microbiome is eating lots of uh, cruciferous vegetables, lots of fibrous vegetables, drinking lots of uh, kombucha, which is full of billions of probiotics, uh, eating fermented veggies like uh, Korean kimchi and that sort of thing, and using those things to really nurture and build up the microbiome. And uh, I even teach construction workers how to do a saltwater bowel flush to get their bowels cleaned out before they start replacing all this beautiful bacteria in their gut. And when you get that part right, your energy levels just naturally rise and, and your whole body functionality becomes more easeful. And, and it's extraordinary, the overall feeling of well-being that people have. Mm, it's like um, 
sort of replanting the the forest, isn't it? That's kind of been wiped out from a very bad diet. You bet. You bet. And stress, and you know, when you drink too much alcohol and you have too much sugar, you start building uh, a, a real proliferation of yeast infection in the gut. Mm. And that yeast that's in your gut, what it does is when you feed it, it secretes pure alcohol which then hits your liver because it doesn't go into your bloodstream. It goes straight by the hepatic portal vein into the liver. So what the liver then does is drag water from everywhere to dilute it. And that's what's the bloating that people get after they drink beer or wine or drink eat too much pasta. And so that dehydrates, then that makes you just sucks the life out of you and makes you feel really, really fatigued. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad that you're sort of talking about this because unfortunately as shift workers we do tend to not have the best diet uh, because of that sort of fatigue cycle. Um, So it it kind of, and as I mentioned too, I was talking to somebody else on a podcast the other day is it's, when we shift, when we work shift work, it's very easy for us to not to look after ourselves, but it's for this exact reason why we need to. Um, Exactly. Well, it can be an excuse. Yeah. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But it becomes a vicious cycle if you really don't look after yourself. So, yeah. So why, at the end of the day, like why should we be so concerned about fatigue? Well, I I think it's just really, uh, it's, uh, well, there's a couple of things. Number one, if you're using heavy equipment or, you know, quite complex machines, there's a safety factor there. Mm. You know, um, I was watching right next door to our living with some uh, units being built and they were unloading some heavy steel beams off the uh, back of a truck, you know, with a crane. And these guys, a couple of them, I noticed them doing real gobstretchy yawns. So I thought, wow, you guys need to be concentrating on what you're doing, but you can't because you're really not feeling good. So I grabbed hold of them. I took some bottles of water out and said, guys, Drink these. Just scull these bottles of water with you, and I promise you the yawning will stop and you'll get your energy back, you know. Mm. But I felt I needed to do it because I didn't want them to hurt themselves, mm. you know. And then the other side of it is if you're really fatigued and you've just worked a 10-hour night shift and you get in the car and drive home and you drive in peak hour traffic, the chances are you're going to hurt yourself. Mm. And maybe hurt somebody else too. And and I don't want that. You know, I want everybody to die peacefully in their sleep from natural causes at the age of 107. <laughs> I, d- I don't like hearing of 42-year-old people dying at the wheel of their oh, car. Oh, God, you know? no. Yeah. yeah. So that's one part of it, you know, keeping alive and keeping healthy. The other part about it is really, you know, optimising your life getting the most out of your life, you know, and really going after your hopes and dreams and not giving up on whatever that is that you want to achieve in your life. And and if you're battling against fatigue, well, then you're not productive and you're not going to achieve. Well, well you're less likely to achieve what you want to achieve. And uh, I love it when I see people achieve, you know, their hopes and dreams. Mm, yes, yeah, certainly more likely to be able to do that if you have the energy To do it, yeah. And the other thing is, and we haven't got time to talk about this now, but boy, is there a connection there to disease? Mm. You know, insidious diseases like coronary artery disease, 
uh, cancers, you know, like there is such a connection there between those things create fatigue and those diseases. And fatigue is really your your alarm bell, mm. you know, and if you're getting fatigued a lot and you're not handling it, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. Just the other morning I walked into the local service station at uh, – or just after 6am to pick up a copy of the newspapers for my local cafe. And uh, there was a young guy in there, really lean. He was in road construction and he was buying three big packets of no-dos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought, wow. Mm. That's, that's heartbreaking, really. Mm. Nobody's helping him with it. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't know. Yeah, he's just not aware, doesn't know doesn't know anything else. And, yeah, actually that just leads me to um, probably just my final question um, for the podcast, John, is that I know that you do offer a program that you sort of roll out into workplaces called the Wide Awake Program, which, yeah. by the way, I just love the name of that, like Wide Awake. Who, yeah, everyone wants do you know to- what it stands for? Uh, no, is it an acronym for something, is it? It or? is. Workers in Dangerous Environments, Alert, Wide Awake, Keenly Engaged. Gee. Gee right whiz. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Did that, that came to me at 4.30 a.m. running down Colombo Street in uh, Christchurch. Right, as it does at 4.30 as it does. in a foreign yes. country. <laughs> well, when you start at 6, you need to run early, you know. <laughs> Yeah, wow. So you thought of that first and then the wide... Well, no, I knew I I I wanted the program. I I knew what I wanted to do with the program, but the really exciting thing is the app will be out. uh, It'll be in the app store in a bit over a week. Oh, there's an app. Oh, and only a week away. Wow, that's just around the corner. Okay, so what's actually in the app or what's... yeah, just Okay, so it's um, it's $8.99 for the app. Yep, Australian dollars that is, yep. Yes, that's correct. And it starts out with six modules. So each module has got uh, a number of audio files that are no longer than 10 minutes. So you listen to them. The The first module is an extensive discussion of hydration. And then there's some reading files that are designed to be a very quick read. Yep. Once you get to the end of those, there's a quiz. And you can do the quiz. They're multi-choice. And if you get any of the questions wrong, the app will take you back to the audio file or the reading file where the answer is so you Mm. can review it. Yep. And then you get to do the uh, quiz again if you want. And once you've completed that quiz, it opens up module two for you. Mm. And so on, once you've been through the six modules, every four months we'll be adding an additional module to it. So it's a it's a fatigue prevention education program that evolves into a broad-based wellness education program. Wow, that sounds amazing, John. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. And something that they can access just through their phone, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's brilliant too because obviously everyone out is out and about on the move. It makes it, yeah, accessible wherever they are, whatever they're doing, and, um, and obviously not driving their car, <laughs> not what exactly, they're doing there, driving yeah. the car. But, yeah, that, that's… Well, the thing, most, most cars now, newer cars, people plug their phones in and their audio system picks it up. That's true. And um, an audio so you can listen to it while you drive, you know. Yeah, yeah, just like then, this uh, podcast. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Mm. And, uh, and then the uh, and then the 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 other files. Well, you sort of read those while you're 
having your cup of tea or you're sitting in the loo or wherever, wherever you would normally read stuff, you know? Mm. Oh, well, look, that's just – I'm so glad I asked that question um, because, I'll, yeah, we'll definitely make sure that we put um, links um, in the show notes for people to be able to access that because if it's only – if it's coming out in a week, well, this podcast will be due out in a couple of weeks. So um, I'm sure that there'll be plenty of interest uh, in in getting on board with that, John, because – you know, as I said right at the beginning, fatigue is is you know the, probably the biggest struggle uh, that you know that our listeners obviously have, and it sounds like you've definitely developed a phenomenal uh, tool um, and resource so people can actually tap into tw- literally twenty four seven. Yeah, well, that's that's the goal. You know, we just want to help a lot of people, and um, and we we felt that that's the best way to make the education accessible. And mm. and the really cool part about it is. For every one person that really takes that app on, they'll be able to help five or ten other people. Mm. Yeah, and share you know. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how can our listeners get in contact with you, John, and sort of learn more about um, you and your, your and the program and the app and everything? Yeah, well, um, they can certainly just uh, catch me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm there on LinkedIn. They can follow me there and send me a note there or my just my email address, info at fatigueprofessor.com. Okay. It's very easy. Yeah. And there's a website, fatigueprofessor.com. And uh, more than happy to, you know, for people to email me with questions. And, and all I just say to folks is if you do email me and you've got a question and you don't hear back from me for a couple of days, it's just because I'm on a plane somewhere and, and I will get you. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not, um, yeah, you're not fobbing anyone off, you know, but I think most people can appreciate that these days because there's a lot of um, emails can get quite um, we can get quite a lot coming in, you know, all different hours. So, yeah. yeah. It's just sometimes, you know, I might be on a flight that goes for, I mean, I go back and forth to the US a lot. So, uh, you know, okay. on a 15-hour flight, you know, so. Yeah. By the time you get to your hotel, you know, 24 hours has gone by. and um, Sleep is more important away. than checking emails at that point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Definitely, Very definitely. True. But, you know, that whole resistance thing I was talking to you about before, mm. I realised that was what was causing my jet lag. And when I stopped resisting the experience of a long-haul flight, I stopped getting jet lag. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. That's yeah. very, very interesting. That might be good for our listeners to kind of take on board from a resistance to that sleep as well. I know some of my um, clients really have problems with that, you know, it's just staying asleep, kind of falling asleep scenario. But if they let go of the resistance, what you were just saying there, yeah. might actually open the door floodgates of sleep for them. So I think that's a brilliant. Absolutely. If yeah. you wake up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep, mm. do not resist it. Mm. Luxuriate in the fact that you're lying there in this comfy bed and it, there's no troubles. Just stop resisting the fact that you can't go back to sleep. Because that's what sends you mad and stops you sleeping. Totally, totally. Yeah. Love, love, love that. Well, look, thank you so very much um, for joining me uh, today, John. I'm very conscious thank of your you time. <laughs> I know that we've had a few technical glitches coming along, but it was an absolute pleasure talking with you today and getting inside your brain a bit to kind of talk all things to do with fatigue. It's, um, yeah, I think I could probably talk to you for three days, not just an hour, <laughs> 45 minutes. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and me, you too. I'm sure, you know, you've got so much more you can uh, – help me out with as well so look forward to staying connected 
sounds good. Thank you so much. Well, look, that's it for yeah, that's it for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. If you did enjoy the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit, as this will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organisations all around the world. It also helps if you could leave us a rating, preferably five star, if you really liked the episode, um, which I'm sure you did today with John and, and his topic of fatigue. Um, and this will help me to kind of um, will help my podcast to gain an even bigger reach, which will enable me to help more people. So thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be, despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.